Welcome back, my friends. I am Terry Naturally, and this is Terry Talks Nutrition. Go to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. Listen to my radio show anywhere around the world, live. Bring up any radio show that you would like to listen to at your convenience or as they say, on demand. Read our newsletters that we have stored in the e-newsletter section of the radio show, excuse me, of the newsletter. There's a lot of good information on our website. And you can get our newsletter every Friday, bringing you new ideas, new topics, and new answers to questions that other Consumers have asked about their health. Now we're going to talk about liver cancer. How to prevent liver cancer. And it is on the rise. More liver cancer today in the last 30 years than ever before. Since the 1980s. The incidence of liver cancer has tripled and the overall death rate from liver cancer has doubled. And one of the reasons for liver cancer is what is called the fatty liver disease, now known as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which can cause cirrhosis of the liver and cancer of the liver. Years ago, it was common for alcoholics to have liver disease based on the consumption of excessive alcohol. It damaged the liver cells, replaced the liver cells with fat so that A normal liver that weighs about 4 to 5 pounds now weighs more than 20 pounds. All that was replaced with fat. But now we have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Where did it come from? And why do we have liver disease and it's non-alcoholic making it not based on alcohol? So what is it based on? Sugar. The large intake of carbohydrates and sugar cause fatty liver disease. So therefore, a large population of children have fatty liver disease because they are consuming large quantities of carbohydrates and sugar. If I had to make one statement for your health, what would it be? How can you have better health, less disease, reverse disease, prevent disease? What would be the one statement I would make? Would it be take XYZ supplement? Would it be what is the best herbal medicine? What would it be? Reduce substantially 
carbohydrate intake and sugar. Anything made from grains, grains, G-R-A-I-N-S, grains, and the flour of those grains, pasta, bread, cakes, cookies, crackers, pretzels, you can go on and on and on and on. The American diet is 80 to 90 percent carbohydrates. Those carbohydrates are another type of sugar. Not the sugar from the sugar bowl, but carbohydrates have to be converted into a sugar complex in order for it to be metabolized. Carbohydrates and sugar cause more harm to the body, more harm to your health, and there are more people dying today from the American diet than from any other cause. So liver cancer is very complex, but can be made very simple by reducing the carbohydrates, reducing the sugar, and losing weight. And some people even say, difficult to treat. But we know for sure that prevention is the best cure for all disease. Don't get it. Simple. Now, we don't live in a perfect world. So we'll still have cancer. We'll still have diseases. But we can reduce the risk, substantially reduce the risk of getting a disease. And that is the answer. Stop the carbohydrate intake and sugar. To make it easy, therefore, adopt the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet or a very low-carb diet. A very low-carb diet. You'll be healthier within three to six months. But also... For liver disease, this might be a surprise, the number one, drink coffee. Now, if you don't drink coffee, don't start. There are other ways to also prevent liver cancer. In a clinical trial, versus those who drank no coffee at all, those drinking two cups of caffeinated Decaffeinated does not work. It has to be caffeinated coffee. A day cut the risk of liver cancer by 35%. Decaf does not work. Number two, take a very good anti-inflammatory. Because all this fat in the liver is causing inflammation and damage to the cells of the liver even the good cells in the liver. In a study of over 50,000 adults, 50,000, who had an infection, viral infection, called hepatitis B and C, caused by a virus, those who took a low-dose aspirin daily at a 30% reduction of risk of liver cancer. I don't like aspirin. So instead, I would suggest 
a natural anti-inflammatory such as curcumin. Curcumin is a much safer and effective anti-inflammatory than aspirin. And number three, exercise. A recent study found that two hours of moderate, intense exercise a week, not two hours at a time, not two hours every day, but over a week. So that means brisk walking would be a good example. Reduce risk of liver cancer by 18%. And vigorous exercise. Swimming, running, or on a bike, stationary or outdoors. Reduce the risk by 27%. You have three opportunities to help yourself. All disease is caused by inflammation. So just by taking an anti-inflammatory for liver disease also affects every other cell of your body and reduces inflammation throughout your body. And drinking coffee and exercise is easy to do and might really reduce so many complications of fatty liver disease. Now maybe children can't or you don't want them to drink coffee or take an aspirin. They can take curcumin. They can exercise. And a large population of children are obese so you can help them lose weight. Take them off the carbs, the junk food, and the sugars. Now we just talked about walking as one of the exercises, the moderate exercises that helps you reduce fatty liver disease. It's an easy exercise. Up to 50% of Americans, half of Americans, are totally inactive. As they say, lose it if you don't use it. Or use it or lose it. Exercise does not have to be extremely strenuous to have health effects. But what the research shows, just 22 minutes of walking daily, now there's no drug that does this, just 22 minutes of walking daily has been found to reduce the risk of heart disease by 30%. Now add CoQ10 and you'll probably reduce the risk of heart disease by 50%. Folks, we can have more impact on our health than any doctor or any drug regiment. Food, and in the case of supplements, to fill in the gap of what the food may be missing of nutrients because of processing, refining, genetically modified, Food is not the same today as it was a hundred years ago. So we may have to use supplements to fill in the gap of what 
those foods we are eating may be missing because of all the tampering, preparing, storage, growing, transportation, all of the things that take a little bit out of the food in every step of its processing. But just walking 22 minutes, you've got 22 minutes. Just skip one program on TV. Get outside and walk 22 minutes. Make it 25. It's easier, easier to remember. It has been found to reduce the risk of heart disease by 30%. Take your CoQ10, the chewable form. Now, versus older adults who walked regularly, they were sedentary adults, had greater loss of brain tissue with aging and doubled the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So if you walk regularly, it improves your health. Those who have done nothing, they have greater loss of brain tissue. So activity Protects your body from aging. If you don't do something active, it doubles the risk of you having, or I having, Alzheimer's disease. So be active. Reduce your calories. Lose weight. Stop smoking. Stop drinking excessively of alcohol and hard uh, beverages. Wine, beer, fine but also moderately, one or two a day. And do some exercise. This has even been proven successful in postmenopausal women who walked at least one mile daily, had greater overall bone density, and less bone loss from the legs versus those women who were always consistently inactive. Activity. We sit all day. Most people sit at their jobs. Most people sit at every step of the way to their job. Either train, bus, car, whatever it might be. We sit in front of a computer all day. We go home and we sit in front of the TV all evening. And we lie down in bed. No activity. You've got to do something. It doesn't take very much to get active. Now, zinc. Z-I-N-C, zinc. One of the most important nutrients that we can support our immune system with. Zinc, an antiviral mineral. Antiviral. 
That means it stops viruses. Do you know of a virus? Hmm. I think there's one called COVID-19. You know, and nobody ever talks on the news or any other form of media about the value of being healthy as one of the most important conditions we can strive for to maintain us as a antiviral immune functioning body. And just over 30%, 1.2 billion people of the world's population is deficient in zinc. Zinc has very specific antiviral actions and helps control inflammation. Viruses cause infection and cause the inflammation of the lungs until death. For example, in a study in Spain, researchers took blood samples from 249 people with COVID-19 admitted to the hospital. When zinc levels were tested, those with the lowest zinc levels were more likely to die. That's a very eye-opening scientific studied result. For people that have a zinc depleted level or they had the lowest zinc levels. One mineral were more likely to die. There were studies that those that were put on a ventilator if they did not have zinc in their body at a high level those patients died. But did any doctor ever come forward and say we need more zinc? We have patients dying and we think they should have more zinc or more A or more C or more selenium. These are the nutrients that we need to be healthy. But yet they push a vaccine that has no known effectiveness and we don't know the side effects. It has never been studied. Most vaccines take years and years and years to develop. The vaccines now were developed in six months. We have no idea of the, of the side effects. And basically it comes down to those who take a vaccine are part of the experiment. I pray for you that if that's your decision, that you are in good health. And every time we increase the level of zinc at a time of admission to the hospital, 
the risk of dying was reduced by 7%. Also, zinc decreases the severity of a cold or flu in studies of 100 school children ages 8 to 13 years of age received zinc, a very special form of zinc called zinc bisglycinate. or a placebo for three months during winter. While the incidence of respiratory infections was the same in both groups, when the symptoms occurred versus the placebo, the fake pill, the zinc group performed significantly more effectively and had a 83% reduction in duration of coughs had a 63% reduction in duration of runny nose and overall had fewer symptoms and recovered faster. What should you be looking for to support your health with zinc? Well, the most effective form of zinc by scientific studies has been proven to be zinc bisglycinate. It's a very special form of zinc complex to the amino acid glycine. So it becomes bisglycinate chelate. It's a combination chelated together. So bisglycinate is spelled B like in boy, I-S-G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E. Bisglycinate. It's a type of zinc proven effective in clinical research to be better absorbed, more effective, better results, and not harsh on the stomach. The one I like is bisglycinate. I also like to take it at the same time I take selenium. Those two are the most important minerals you could ever take for your health. Zinc and selenium. This form of zinc is far better absorbed than any other form of zinc. A 43% higher absorption versus zinc gluconate, another form of zinc. You want to take the best. The bisglycinate form of zinc has a 43% higher absorption than zinc gluconate and less likely to cause an upset stomach. So the best way to take it is about 30 milligrams of zinc bisglycinate, chelate, along with 200 micrograms of selenium daily for optimal immune boosting activity. And now there are people all over the world that have been listening to some of the wonderful alternative physicians who somehow get the message across to people around the world of zinc and selenium 
boosting the optimal level of the immune system. And now zinc is, well, I should say, is almost to the point where zinc can no longer meet the demand for zinc. You know, the same old issue of supply and demand. So many people are taking zinc that we are stripping the availability of zinc being available. Pick fruit. Do not pick juice. And I say this so that you may have a better blood sugar control. Researchers in Australia gathered five years of health data from over 7,000 people looking at their dietary intake of fruit and fruit juice and their blood sugar levels. And the result of this study of 7,000 people, two servings of fruit daily were linked with a 36% reduction or reduced risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Two servings of fruit. Eating the fruit. Eating an apple. Eating an orange. Eating a peach. Eating a pear. But no benefits for people who drank fruit juice and did not eat the whole fruit. Orange juice has double the calories and carbs and more than 80% less fiber versus the whole orange. Eat the orange. Do not drink the juice. Apple juice has twice the amount of sugar and just one-tenth the fiber of a whole apple. When you eat an apple, you're probably more than satisfied with one apple or one orange or one peach. I don't think you'd sit down and eat a dozen oranges. But when you drink a glass of orange juice, you are drinking the equivalent of anywhere from 8 to 10 to 12 oranges. And you just drink it. You don't digest it. You don't chew it. You don't break down the fiber. There's no fiber there. So you're getting the equivalent of a very high quantity of fruit. And that means orange juice can be about 14 teaspoons of sugar per glass. Well, friends, that's it for today. I'm going to run out of here shortly. Enjoy the day. I hope you enjoy the day as well. And I want you to pray for this world. Pray for this crazy, insane world. And pray for our grandchildren that's going to have to face the sins of our, of what we are doing today. And God bless you. God bless your health. And God bless America. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio. Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. 
We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. You can listen to us here on your radio as we broadcast our program from Green Bay, Wisconsin in the USA. And you can also listen to us live anywhere around the world as we live stream our radio broadcasting program to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. Of course, it is a more difficult task to listen live because you have to adjust your times wherever you are around the world to listen to us at the same time. But you can go into the website, and I'll mention again, terrytalksnutrition.com, and there you can bring up any radio show you would like to listen to from the archive section of the radio show. You can also, while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter that goes out to your email address every Friday. You also can pull up newsletters that have been stored or archived in the e-newsletter section of the website. And there's a lot of good information on the website as well. We are trying to get as much information out to you as possible. So we are using a variety of platforms. First of all, terrytalksnutrition.com, where you can subscribe to my newsletter, listen to the radio show, and you can even ask me questions. Something on your mind? Why are you taking something? Would you like to know why you should be taking something? And maybe there is something to help improve your health that you may not be aware of, and we do. So we would be happy to oblige you and give you an answer for your question. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter under Terry Talks Nutrition. You can also go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Terry Talks Nutrition. And Dr. Lynn and I have teamed up together for a podcast. And you can listen to our podcast at Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, Player FM, Audible, Deezer, and Podcast Attic. But you can also go directly to terrytalksnutrition.com and listen as well. We try to bring you a lot of good, solid, scientific information that can be used to improve your health and the quality of your life. And today, we have some really good topics, as I hope we can say that all the time. But today, we're going to talk about CoQ10, a nutrient that our body manufactures or should manufacture on a daily basis. But there are reasons why it cannot be manufactured on a daily basis, and we'll explore that as well. And then I'll give you three ways, you know, we are responsible for our health. Nobody else. Your doctor is not responsible for your health. Drugs do not provide health. And I can show you three ways how to prevent liver cancer. And why walking is probably the easiest and best exercise. 
the nutrient of the day. A hot topic today, and that is zinc. We'll talk about fruit. And why not fruit juice? And two ways, easy ways, to boost your metabolism. What happens when you boost your metabolism? You have more energy. You feel more alert, more aware, more clarified. And you burn more calories. And three reasons why you need more magnesium. Magnesium is the number one deficiency in America. 90% of all Americans do not have the level of magnesium in their body that's required to be healthy. Why? And we'll give you reasons why and how you can correct that. But let's first talk about CoQ10. What is CoQ10? Well, the real name is coenzyme. Q10. It is a naturally occurring nutrient that the body manufactures on a daily basis. Are you getting all you need? Is your body manufacturing a level of CoQ10 that it should? Because it's required for the energy of your cells. It's a nutrient that supports muscle strength. And your heart is one of your most important muscles. It is a very potent antioxidant. Now we need CoQ10. Can't live without it. And there are conditions associated with a level that is at a deficiency level of CoQ10 levels. If you're not getting enough, things are happening not in your favor. Things that are happening that are negative and against your health. Now, one of the big ones today is the use of statin drugs. 30% of people over the age of 40, that's a huge number. What is it? 30% of people over the age of 40 take a statin drug to reduce their cholesterol levels. And right now, I don't have time to go into what a scam. What a myth. Your cholesterol is your friend. It takes care of many of your metabolic functions. It does not cause heart disease or strokes. Whatever the medical establishment tries to convince you of, it does not, does not cause heart attacks or strokes. If your level is high, you have more quality of life, you are healthier, you have a longer lifespan, and you will have a better risk of not dying from a heart attack or a stroke. More people die from a heart attack or stroke that have low cholesterol levels. I'm off the subject because I can't stand 
these drugs that lower cholesterol. They cause more damage than good. They cause your muscles to atrophy, shrink. You lose muscle strength. You have muscle pain. And sometimes the muscle pain is so severe that nothing will correct it. And even after you go off the statin drug that caused the pain, you don't get rid of the pain. It's there for life. It's a very controversial subject. They're trying to convince you to lower your cholesterol for your health. Baloney. You will not improve your health by lowering your cholesterol. Now, we could talk about triglycerides, which are very damaging to your heart, your brain, and the risk of a stroke. And triglycerides are not manufactured in your body. They're manufactured from all of the carbohydrates and sugar that we consume. It's a fat that is produced from carbohydrates and sugar. And when people have a very high level of triglycerides, that is a very essential clue that they're eating a lot of carbohydrates, grains, flour, and sugar. Cholesterol is in every cell in our body. It protects every cell in our body. The brain only weighs 2% of the body weight, but the brain uses 25% of the cholesterol in order to function. I'm wondering if lowering the cholesterol doesn't have something to do with dementia. 30% of the people over the age of 40 are taking drugs and not in their best health or their best interest. So when you reduce CoQ10, and why do we reduce CoQ10? Because there is an enzyme system in the liver that produces cholesterol. The drugs that are prescribed and manufactured to lower cholesterol by blocking an enzyme that produces cholesterol. And that same enzyme system produces CoQ10, which is one of the most important nutrients for the health of your heart. Also, heart disease and a heart attack will also substantially reduce your levels of CoQ10. Also aging and diseases such as cancer, Parkinson's disease, diabetes, and migraine headaches. Even a very brief period of time using a statin drug absolutely depletes CoQ10. In fact, researchers found a 51% decrease in blood levels of CoQ10 after just 30 days of use of a statin drug. 
and with significant reductions noticeable just after 14 days. These drugs, statin drugs, are a horrible drug. They do nothing for your health, but they are a huge money maker. Billions of dollars are brought into the drug companies on the sale of statin drugs, which do nothing for you. And now they want children to be on statin drugs and women. There have never been any studies on women. The studies have been on men and they just assume that it should match women. There's a very, very small segment of people that may benefit, may benefit from the use of statin drugs. That are males who are between the age of 48 and 60 that already has had a heart attack or a stroke. By prescribing for this segment of males between the age of 48 and 60 may give them some noticeable benefit. But nobody else. You live longer by never ever checking your statin or excuse me, your cholesterol levels. And you'll live longer in better health with high cholesterol than you will with low cholesterol. Even the World Health Organization, who, H-O-U, oh, excuse me, H-O, W-H-O, W-H-O, excuse me, um, they have predicted that our cholesterol levels should be between 220 and 240. But doctors who don't have time to read half the materials that they should read want you down to 200 or less. Well, that just makes more people in the United States more susceptible to the use of statin drugs. You've got a bigger market. If you want it lower, let's go down to 140. You'll have a bigger market for those people that you can prescribe a statin drug for. Do some research, my friends. There is no value in statin drugs. There's no value in lowering cholesterol. Now, I don't know everybody out there who's listening to my program, but I always caution you to talk to your physician just in case you may be one of those one in a billion that needs a statin drug. Some of the most common side effects of statin drugs are exercise intolerance. Muscles are destroyed and your heart is a muscle with statin drugs. Muscle pain. Muscle destruction. Muscle wasting. Atrophy of muscles. A clinical study in statin drug users found a 40% decrease in muscle pain when also taking 100 milligrams of CoQ10 daily. The one I use 
is a 100 milligram CoQ10 daily chewable tablet that is complex to a plant or vegetable starch that increases absorption substantially. About three, well actually up to eight times absorption. So 100 milligrams by eight times is 800 milligrams of absorption into the cellular structure. So a 100 milligram chewable tablet complexed with gamma cyclodextrin, which is a starch from a vegetable or plant that increases the absorption of the nutrient or compound that the gamma is attached to. So 100 milligrams of CoQ10 with gamma is equivalent to 800 milligrams this is excellent for anybody that's on statin drugs and decided they have not been able to get off statin drugs or their doctor wants them on statin drugs or for whatever reason you're taking statin drugs even though that you know that there is a high risk of side effects. Statin drugs also increase by up to 58% the risk of diabetes. And supplemental CoQ10 has been shown to stop the cellular defects effects of statin drugs that increase the risk of diabetes and increase the risk of migraine headaches. 100 milligrams of CoQ10 in a chewable tablet can decrease substantially and delay significantly migraine headaches. And what about CoQ10 and heart disease? A randomized, placebo-controlled, double-blind study with 420 patients who had severe heart failure, class 3 and class 4. Subjects of this study, the participants, took 100 milligrams of CoQ10 three times per day or placebo. And the result of this study with CoQ10, it decreased the risk of all-cause death from any cause just by taking CoQ10 100 milligrams three times daily. And if you take the CoQ10 that I'm using, which is 100 milligrams complex to gamma, cyclodextrin, it is a 800 milligram dosage. So more effective than three times per day. You only need one per day. And it decreased the risk of death all from all causes by 42%. And it was a 43% decrease in cardiovascular related deaths from those that had heart attacks or strokes or vascular conditions. And 58% of patients experienced improvements in their heart failure classification. So they got healthier. 58% of the patients 
experience significant improvements by taking 100 milligrams of CoQ10. So what should you know about CoQ10? And what should you buy? Well, first of all, it can be obtained from food, but not always the bad choices. Because originally, it was extracted and discovered in the heart of a horse. And in fact, it was discovered at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. So it's found mostly in organ meats, which not too many people eat today. Heart, kidneys, and liver. Now, I love liver. And if I'm traveling, especially in Europe, I don't find liver on the menus in the U.S. I buy it frequently and cook it at home. But when I'm traveling in Europe, it's a very common food on menus. I always order it once or twice a week. And as a supplement, CoQ10 is found in two forms of CoQ10. Now, the original form of CoQ10 was called ubiquinone. The original form. There were about 20 years of research on this form of CoQ10. More scientific studies done on CoQ10, ubiquinone, than any other form of CoQ10. And in the body, it is converted to the active form called ubiquinol. And there are more than 20 years of research. Doctors all over the country hail ubiquinone as the substance or molecule to support cardiovascular function, reduce migraine headaches, repair gum disease. I have never seen a person with gum disease, bleeding of the gums, receding gums that did not respond significantly by taking CoQ10, ubiquinone. Then along the way, the manufacturer, one of the primary manufacturers of ubiquinone, ran into a little unfortunate incident. Their patent run out, ran out. So the Chinese was making CoQ10 at a very, very low price. So the original company developed a product called ubiquinone, excuse me, ubiquinol, N-O-L. Ubiquinone is O-N-E, ubiquinone. And the active form is called ubiquinol, but it's not a stable compound. And in sometimes in just a few minutes, it converts back to ubiquinone. So I don't find any reason to ever use ubiquinol. But I do find it effective to use ubiquinone that is attached to the gamma 
cyclodextrin for eight times increased absorption. Eight times. The ubiquinol is very difficult to work with as a supplement. It is not stable. It converts back to ubiquinone. So it takes a tremendous amount of specialized expertise, experience to work with ubiquinol. If you have a manufacturer that's making capsules or tablets and they use ubiquinol, the active form, and they open the container within 10 to 15 minutes, it is no longer ubiquinol. It converts back to ubiquinone. I still haven't understood why people insist on using ubiquinol. I think it's a sales job by the manufacturer. But take 100 milligrams daily. It'll protect your heart. It's a powerful antioxidant. It protects against many forms of cancer. It is especially effective for eye and brain health and also to reduce the severity and the frequency of migraine headaches. So 100 milligrams daily of either ubiquinone, especially effective for young people, and probably, I would never recommend it, but some of the research shows ubiquinol can be effective for older adults. But if you stick with the 100 milligram chewel, it'll do everything for you. And you may want to even increase to 200 milligrams daily. I don't find it more effective. 100 milligrams once a day is more than enough. Used primarily for chronic diseases and illnesses. Insufficient dietary intake of CoQ10. Increased oxidative stress. And especially for people taking fat drugs. Now I'm going to have to take a break here my friends. We're right down to the bottom portion of our radio show today. We'll be back here in just a moment, so don't go away. I'm going to come back and tell you three ways how you can prevent liver cancer. We never worry about cancer until it's too late. Prevention is the cure for cancer. And we have a lot of prevention on our side. So don't go away. I'll be right back. I'm Terry Naturally, and this is Terry Talks Nutrition. <laughs> 